This morning, I am unapologetically preaching a Mother's Day sermon. Now, I have colleagues who would disagree with me about that. They will not preach a Mother's Day sermon, and they have their reasons for that. They say that Mother's Day is not a religious holiday and that it is primarily a vehicle for greeting card companies and florists. And moreover, that Mother's Day tends to hold up very saccharine, shallow images of motherhood. And on this last part, I can agree. I can agree because I do believe our, our culture has a tendency to hold up very shallow, very superficial images of motherhood. For example, look at the way mothers are portrayed on television. You know, a, a few years ago, uh, the show Good Morning America did a survey and asked folks to name their top three television mothers of all time. Can you guess who they were? Give you a second to think. The top three of all time. Well, some of these go back away, so we'll see if you remember them. But the top three television mothers of all time in this survey were Claire Huxtable of The Cosby Show, Marion Cunningham of Happy Days, and Marge Simpson of The Simpsons. Now, Claire Huxtable was always impeccably dressed while raising six children, keeping a spotless house, and at the same time maintaining a very demanding professional career. Marion Cunningham was often shown wearing an apron and vacuuming in pearls. And Marge Simpson, well, she's best known as the funny character with the crazy hairdo and the three-pack-a-day smoker's voice. And if these were the kinds of images that I had to hold up of motherhood, then I, I wouldn't preach a Mother's Day sermon either. But friends, that's not what motherhood is about. Motherhood is not about vacuuming in pearls or turning out the perfect pot roast while raising six children and being a lawyer. No, mothering, which by the way can happen whether you're a biological mother or not, mothering it means so much more than that. It's, it's so much deeper and richer, significant, and more sacred than that kind of thing. And I think our text this morning gives us some insight into that. Now, I will be candid with you and tell you that when I was younger, the 16th chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans was not my favorite text. Actually, I, I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. It just seemed to me to be a long list of people's names that were really hard for me to read and pronounce. I needed a Bible dictionary to get through this text, and so I tended to gloss over it and go on then to what I considered to be the real meat of the letter. But as I've uh, grown older and I pray wiser in wisdom and in study, I've, I've come to really appreciate this chapter and see in it things that I, I never really realized were there the more I have looked at it. For example, did you realize that of the 26 people that Paul singles out for personal greeting in this text that six of them are women. And that's fascinating to me. Paul clearly recognized that women were significant leaders in the early church. In first century Palestine, which was so male-dominated, Paul really couldn't describe the church without lifting up women. And verse 13, uh, I think, is especially helpful in this regard. It's interesting to me. This text says, give my greetings to Rufus, chosen in the Lord. His mother 
and mine. Now, through the centuries, scholars have really wrestled with this little piece of text. They've had difficulty agreeing on what exactly Paul was trying to say here, what it means. It could really be taken two ways. It could mean that Paul gives greetings to Rufus and then to two women, to Rufus's mother and to Paul's personal mother, his own mother. On the other hand, it might mean that Paul gives greetings to Rufus and to Rufus's mother, who has been like a mother to Paul. And the overwhelming majority of biblical scholars agree on the latter interpretation, that Paul is giving greetings to Rufus and his mother, who has been like a mother to him. So this raises some interesting questions. How and where did Paul meet Rufus's mother, and how did he develop this relationship with her? Did she help him in some way? Did she care for him in some way? Was he ill and she nursed him through that, or, or did he stay with her in her home for an extended period on his missionary journeys? We don't know. We don't even know her name, but one thing is clear. The love that she offered Paul, the support that she offered him, was so significant in his life that he felt he couldn't name leaders in the early church without including her. Her love meant that much to him. And let's keep in mind that Paul, during his lifetime, was not the most popular person in the world. Paul was often rejected, chased out of town. In certain circles, he was uh, really anathema, you know, a person that others didn't want to listen to. He, he wasn't liked, his message wasn't liked. He was beaten, he was betrayed, he was rejected. And yet this woman, she seems to have loved him with a steadfast love. When other people walked away, when other people rejected Paul, this woman continued to love and support him. She loved him with friends, what I call tenacious love. And tenacious love? Well, that's what motherhood or mothering is really about, you see. Tenacious love. Now, I, I realize that that phrase might sound jarring at first. Tenacious love, because... We tend to think of love in softer terms. You know, we, we tend to think of love as gentle and kind, thoughtful. And, well, love can be all of those things, of course, but the love that is offered to us by those who mother us in this world goes beyond the sentimental. No, this tenacious love, it uplifts, it encourages, it strengthens, it, it holds on no matter what, and, and it, it stands up against the conditional love that we often know in this world. You know, conditional love is the most common kind of love that's offered to us in this life. It is. You see, conditional love says, I love you as long as you please me. I love you as long as you do and say and act the way I want you to. Conditional love says, 
well, I love you as long as it's easy or convenient for me. Conditional love says, I love you as long as I feel like it. But tenacious love, the love offered to us by those who mother us in this life, well, that's, that's a love that you can stand on. You can plant your feet on it like it is a rock. You can depend on it, and because of that, it is also a source of great hope. I once saw a, a news program about people who were terminally ill. And one of the subjects of the show was a 25-year-old man who was dying in hospice, so young. And, and he was dying of the effects of long-term addiction. And because of this, because his, his, his lifestyle was not something that his father approved of, his dad had walked away from him. He had no relationship with his father, and so his dad wasn't there as he was dying. And his, his mother was deceased, so there was no one. He was, he was near death. He looked really bad. A death was on his face. And the reporter asked him, how do you stand it? How do you stand it? Not, not just the pain of dying, but also the rejection. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, I stand it by closing my eyes and imagining that I will awaken in the arms of my mother because my mother will never leave my side. Friends, long after others have walked away, that tenacious love will be there. And certainly we see that in the life of Mary, Jesus' mother. She embodied tenacious love. She was there for him throughout his entire life, from the very beginning to the very end. Now, I don't intend in any way to disparage Joseph here. I, I think that if he had lived, he would have been right there beside Mary under the cross on that hill. But as it was, it was, it was Mary who was there the whole time. She, she was there when Jesus got lost in the temple as a boy. Do you remember that story? Oh, parents, have you been there when you've lost a child in a public place? I don't know if there's any greater panic than that. And she was there, too, as he grew into a man and became a carpenter. And I think she was there the day that he took off his apron and folded it and closed up the shop and went to find his cousin, John the Baptist, asking to be baptized in the Jordan River. And she was there at the very end. She saw him put on the cross. She saw him nailed there. She was there at the foot of his cross as he breathed his last between two common criminals. You know, the, the first words of John's gospel, second chapter? The mother of Jesus was there. The mother of Jesus was there. Now, the event he's talking about is the wedding at Cana of Galilee, where Jesus turned water into wine, but I think that phrase could apply to all of Jesus' life. The mother of Jesus was there. And you know, 
at the very end when he was hanging on the cross with the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders, his last thought was of his mother. Jesus looked down from the cross and said to the disciple John, Behold thy mother. And then he said to Mary, Behold thy son. My friends, that is the power of tenacious love. The love that is offered to us by those who mother us in this world. And you see, that love is reflective of the unrelenting, tenacious love of God. The love we can plant our feet in. The love that will hold us in its grip and never, ever, ever let us go, even in the most challenging times, the darkest times, the times that push us with pain and suffering, the times that test our patience and our resilience, times like these that we are living through right now. That tenacious love, it's got us in the tightest grip. And so we have hope and we don't have to be afraid. So yes, I believe that it is perfectly appropriate to put aside one day a year to honor those who mother us. But I'll also say that I believe that the way we pay the greatest tribute to these precious ones is not so much by, by praising them or giving them gifts or even calling them on this day, but is instead by committing ourselves to love God and others with that same kind of tenacity, to push back against the conditional love that is so often offered in this world and instead be people who love steadfastly, who can be depended upon, who hold our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones in this tight grip that is so reflected of the love of God. You know, I think it was the great Irma Bombeck who said once that the easiest part of being a mother was giving birth and the hardest part is showing up every single day. So happy Mother's Day to all who mother us. May we love one another and God with such tenacity. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for you love us with a kind of love that will never let us go. And we thank you, Lord, for our mothers and women like them who reflect that love and their dedication and care for us. Lord, let us be a people who lean into that love ourselves and embody that tenacious love in this world. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.